Thank you very much, Karen, for ministering in music. We consider God's word this morning, a couple thought questions. Are you doing or are you done? Are you doing or are you done? Are you responding to what has been done by Christ? Or are you doing to obtain? Are you responding to what has been done by Christ? Or are you doing to obtain? I came to faith in Christ when I was 13. The first eight years of my walk with the Lord were trying to understand done, but doing a lot. And after getting baptized a number of times and a lot of frustration, where did I stand with God? I said, Ruth Ann, never again will I go forward in a service. And I said, I don't know where I stand with God. And one night in, at 1514 Union Avenue, second story apartment, sitting with the Gospel of John, said, God, I need some answers. And reading through the Gospel of John, John made it so very clear as he wrote his gospel that Christ had done it. It's done. And we want to reflect on that this morning. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26, we're not turning to that passage, but mentioning it. Paul reminded the Corinthians that Jesus said, the Lord's Supper was a time to remember him. For I received from the Lord what also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For, whoever eat, or for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Until he comes. Christ's death was once for all. We want to read together Hebrews chapter 10, 1 through 18. Hebrews chapter 10, 1 through 18. There are several themes that run through Hebrews. One of them is Christ is better than. A second theme is genuine faith perseveres. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1. The law is only a shadow shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason it can never, by the same sacrifice, repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who are near to worship or who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of the sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. 
I've come to do your will, O God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, here am I, I've come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second, and by, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is a covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my law in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. As we briefly consider Hebrews 10, 1 through 18, please keep in mind that the epistle is dealing with sacrifices, dealing with offerings under the Mosaic law. But Christ is better than the sacrifices. Christ is better than Moses. Christ is better than Aaron. Christ is better than the prophets. All that was involved under the law. Sacrifices, And offerings were repeatedly made. And also in the immediate context, Christ's greatness in chapter 1 and verse 1 through 9, 18. And then a call to persevere comes in chapter 10, 19 through 25 and on into the end of Hebrews. But we want to consider briefly a few definitions We could spend a lot of time on this text, but we won't want to look at an overview. We find that in verse 1, the law is only a shadow of the good things to come. A shadow is a likeness, a representation, a form without substance. It's a shadow. When we were kids, we used to play shadow tag. I don't know if you ever played shadow tag or not. You're outside and you have a shadow and someone would get you and they would stomp on your shadow. And then you would be it. And you'd run around and try to stay away and someone else would come along and stomp on a shadow. But they never stomped in you. The law is a shadow. Of what? The good things that are coming, not the realities. The realities, we could say, was the actual substance the person of Jesus Christ. He was not the shadow. He's real. In verse 1, it says, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never take away, that is the law, can never take away, you know, sin, they're offered repeatedly year after year. 
make perfect those who draw near to worship. Verse 1 and in verse 14. Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Make perfect means to reach an end. A condition of finality. To be brought to the end of one's course. I don't know if you ever watched runners in a race. They run, whether it be a shorter race, whether it be a marathon. And when they're done, they're done. When they complete the race, they're done. The writer here says, been made perfect. Reach an end, a condition of finality to finish one's course. Because because by one sacrifice he made perfect forever. It's done. It's completed. The end has been reached. We find in verse 4 he talks about take away. Because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Take away means to remove or cut off. Occasionally, I will find a thread on either my jacket or on a shirt. And, you know, I think, well, if I pull too far, it's not good. So what will I do? I got out of scissors and I'll cut it off. The writer of Hebrews is saying the blood of bulls and goats cannot remove or cut off or take away sins. In verses 8 through 10, we find that the writer talks about being made holy. First, he says... In verse 8, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did, not, you did not desire. Nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, here I am. I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish a second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all made holy, writing to believers at a point in time, hallowed, pure, righteous. And that is, again, through that which was completed in Christ's sacrifice, the real Christ made holy. In verse 14, if you have the NIV, you have King James, and I think it's uh, Holman Christian Standard, It says, because by one sacrifice he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. King James, and I think it's Holman Christian Standard, talks about the fact that those who are sanctified. We're not talking about someone who's in process. We're talking about something that has been done. Sanctified, it's a position, it's done. Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect, completed forever those who, and IV says being made holy, the terminology is sanctified. He has made perfect those who are sanctified, those that are set apart. Notice also in verse 14, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever, continuous, Unending, has made perfect forever those who are being sanctified. 
Then in verse 18, in terms of definitions, and where these have been forgiven, sins and lawless acts, there is no longer any sacrifice for sins. Where sins have been forgiven, they've been sent away, they've been dismissed. There's no longer any sacrifice. To illustrate forgiveness, suppose I have three sheets here. That's not quite enough. But God listed all the sins that you ever committed in thought, in the attitude of your heart, in your words, and in your actions. I don't know about you, but mine would take more than three sheets. Through Christ, there's forgiveness. Would anyone like to come up and take those three sheets and try to put together and read them word for word? God forgave. He sent away. He dismisses. And that's through Christ. Now let's contrast law and Christ. The law is a shadow. Christ is the reality. The law is endless sacrifices. Christ, once for all. The law is an annual reminder of guilt. The high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and offer a sacrifice along with sacrifices that were made continually throughout the year. Christ, there's forgiveness. No guilt. Under law, can't take away sins. Under Christ, made perfect, holy. Under law, doing and doing and doing. Under Christ, Done. What is Hebrews 10? 1 through 18 teaching. The once for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ provides forgiveness of sin, making believers perfect forever. This becomes a reality when there is repentance of sin and faith in Christ. It's done. I think I shared the account when I was in my late teens. My parents went to California with my two younger siblings. My oldest brother, Orb, was married, and Bob and I were at home to take care of the farm, except Bob worked during the day. I I was full-time farming at that point in time. And one night... Or afternoon when Bob was supposed to be home from work, he didn't get home, and I was in doing some barn work, and I came out, and I looked around, and uh, no traffic in our road, and I didn't expect to see a lot. Looked over to Main Drag, Route 35, and I didn't see a car. So I wonder where Bob is. And I went back in and worked a while and came out again. I didn't see a car. And I came to this conclusion. I must have missed the rapture. What was my thinking? I didn't do enough. And that was in the time period I was still thinking, doing, doing, doing. I did not come to understand fully what Christ had done. The law, 
was doing. Christ, it's done. Eternal life does not begin after death. It is a present reality for those in Christ. Eternal life is present. Continues into the future. As the writer of Hebrews says, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are sanctified. It's not merely future. It's present. A couple applications. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is the only sacrifice that provides forgiveness of sins and being made perfect forever. All religions in the world are doing. They require some action to have forgiveness of sins. However, their action does not provide forgiveness of sins. And before we're too hard on the religions of the world, many professing Christians are doing. This is seen in how they respond to questions such as, why do you claim a relationship with God? In the hospital visiting a man a number of years ago, and I thought the end was pretty near for him, and I talked to him different times over the years about Christ and spiritual things, and he was always open to it. And I thought, well, I'm going to say a little bit more than I normally might say to this guy. And again, he was open and responsive. And I asked him a pointed question. I said, okay, you leave this earth. Where do you think you're going to spend eternity? And he said, I think I would make it into heaven. And I said, why do you think you would make it? Well... I did, I did, I did. Claiming to be a Christian. The same, are we doing or are we trusting in the done? Professing Christians at times are doing. Assurance of salvation is based on a so-called profession from years ago, not a present lifestyle. Not trusting something that's done in Christ, but, well, I made a profession. But does your life display that you're walking with God? Or viewing salvation as a mere escape from hell and I'm going to heaven. Well, I got a ticket. I'm escaped hell and I'm going to heaven. We're not talking about escaping hell and going to heaven. We're talking about a sacrifice that is done in Christ and provides for forgiveness of sins and eternal life a relationship with God. Many professing Christians trust done to come into a relationship with God and forgiveness of sins, but practice a do in daily life. Oh, I trust in Christ is done, but then they revert back to the do in daily life. An example, just guilty over sin. How many times are we guilty over sin? We live under guilt. If it's done, it's done. It's done, it's done. It's paid for. Right? Then why live in guilt? It's 
like the kid coming back to mom and dad. You forgive me for doing wrong? Yes. Ten minutes later, do you forgive me for doing wrong? Yes. Ten minutes later, do you forgive me for doing wrong? Yes. Isn't it done? So the parent finally says, I told you the first time we talked, it's done. It's over. And in Christ, he says, it is done. Well, God must be angry at me. If we come to faith in Christ and it's done, why do? Or we dwell on our sins. And we live a sin-centered life rather, rather than a done Christ-centered life. As we'll mention in, before we partake of communion a little later, Jesus Christ and his once-for-all sacrifice is needed daily in the sense that we're kept clean. We can let go of sins in terms of power and guilt. There's power to rest in the Lord. And we have a great high priest. Simple question. Are you perfect through Christ? Are your sins forgiven through Christ? If not, why not come to him today? We want to sing about grace as we continue in worship. Travis?